Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. We're cooling out. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. We're cooling out. Been ready, nigga. Ready. Starting off already talking shit. Welcome back to Cooling Out. Kev. Sal. Rel. J. Lewis. J. Lewis, look at hey. that. Hey. I'm, just about to, I'm about to introduce him. He's like, nah, fuck that. I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> I'm here today. Rogue. J. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? How, you? How are you? Man, I'm doing amazing. Yeah? That's good, man. Uh, introduce yourself to the people, listeners. Let them know who you are. J. Lewis, artist, well-rounded artist, tattoo artist, painter, drawer. Mm. That's who I am. <laughs> that's that's, that's confident. That's yeah. who I am. You see Artists, the way he's holding the mic? Like, 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 like Morpheus. <laughs> like, 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 like it's confusing or something. My mic. <laughs> Justin. You speak. <laughs> you speak. <laughs> yes, brother. But nah, man, thank you for coming through, man. Yes. Most definitely. Thank yeah. you. So, um, let's, I, I like starting off with the origins, you know, like storytelling type. Um, so where are you from originally? Like what made you want to tattoo things like that? Um, I was born in the Bronx. Okay. Bronx, yeah, yeah. New York. Um, I lived on White Plains Road, 220th Street, um, for okay. about nine years. <laughs> um, parents, you know, I moved down to, to Florida. Gotcha. But before we moved down to Florida, I was always in the arts. You know what I'm saying? When, when you're. When your auntie or your mother or whoever's babysitting you and they don't feel like watching you or they feel like watching you, but you know, they just they, there. They just throw throw some paint and some pencils and just have you go at it. Gotcha. So that was pretty much my inspiration to, you know what I'm saying, to keep keep pushing, keep drawing. I had my own little sketchbook at nine, eight, seven years old. Mm. So um we moved down to Florida and uh, you know, I was still just drawing and painting, drawing and painting. And then we got to got to high school. And I found myself doing drawings for people to get tattoos and stuff like that. And that transferred into um, drawing on T-shirts. Mm. So I would do that mainly because I didn't have the bread to go out shopping for clothes and stuff like that. So gotcha. I said, all right, cool. Let me go get some paint. Let me go get a white T-shirt. And I'm going to paint the colors on it. that shit was popping back in the days. Pop, you know, you had Not 29 out. <laughs> Big Looney Tunes characters. Those so were dope. I was pretty much doing my own clothing line. So I had, uh, you know, the, the students, the, the classmates and stuff that was there, they would see it and, you know, they'd be like, yo, make me a shirt. So already in high school, I already had a job for myself. I was already an entrepreneur without even knowing it. 
Dope. So then, um, I guess in uh, 12th grade, that's when I decided that I wanted to do something with art. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, so I got tattooed around like 16. And I thought if I got like a you know a religious piece like a cross, she'd be cool with it. Nah. (laughs) And then I went ahead and got another tattoo at seventeen. I was trying to hide it, but then I was in the bathroom. I don't know what I was doing. Mom's walked by. She was like, (laughs) 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 "Man, she called up my pops, Mm. my grandmother. She's not listening to me and everything." So. You fast forward two years later, and I ended up doing tattoos. Gotcha. Ended up being a tattoo artist, and um, that was at 19, and now I'm uh, 26. So I've been at it for seven years strong. So mm. um, once I got at it, I was working at uh, this is before I started tattooing. I was working at Win Dixie for about um, a year and a half. Win Dixie, the spot. Yeah. I don't know what that is. It's a supermarket. It's a supermarket. Okay. Winn Dixie. I thought it was a club. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like Sea Town. It was a tattoo uh. parlor. Sorry. <laughs> 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 right, is that a prominent it's tattoo parlor? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Continue. It's a supermarket. Yeah, it's a supermarket. Um, so y'all was there pushing cars, doing a cash register job, doing all that stuff, you know, working for nothing. And um, I would go to this tattoo spot every day. After I got off of work, like around 2 p.m. So I'll go there around 2 p.m. and I'll stay there until they close, like around like 9, 9 mm. p.m. And um, the artists there, you know, they seen that I can draw and stuff like that. I was drawing portraits of people for their houses, for their tattoos. And they was like, yeah, come on in. So I went there every day and I started out tattooing myself. Tattoo like a little skull on my, uh, on my thigh. So nobody can't see it by myself. Yeah. And then I tattooed a couple of my friends and then to like one faithful busy day in the tattoo shop. Um, it was really busy. They had a lot of people out there that wanted to get tattooed and I just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, you want to take on this tattoo? I'm like, sure, let's do it. Yeah. Took on a tattoo. It was three little diamonds, something simple. At the time, it was a big job for me. Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, I did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, took on the tattoo. They took a couple of pictures. They sent it to the owner and the owner was like, Mm. So then I worked there for a week. I still held on to Win Dixie um, for one week, and then I got the check from Tattooing, and then I got the check from Win Dixie. <laughs> you looked at him. <laughs> I looked at him. You had to squint at one, didn't you? Yeah. I slept on it, and I was supposed to go to work the next day. It was a Tuesday. They called me up. They said, "Hey, you coming in? It's seven a.m. You're supposed to be here. It's like eight eight a.m. now." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not coming." <laughs> like, are you gonna be a little bit late. I'm like, nah, yeah, I'm not just, I'm, I'm not coming in today. He was like, are you gonna be here tomorrow so we know to put you on a schedule? I said, no, nah, I'm not gonna be here tomorrow. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I never have to worry about that again. <laughs> so I, like, I told her, I forgot her name, but I told her, I said, yeah, I gotta quit. He was like, oh, okay, well, I'll let um, such and such know. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I went back to sleep. <laughs> Woke up an hour later, got in the car, and drove to the shop. And it was a wrap since then. Bye bye, Win Dixie. Yeah, bye bye. Never look back, man. So it's seven years strong now. That's dope. How was that like moving down south, like as a adolescent? It was different, yeah. Yeah. I walked outside and nobody was outside. Mm. I'm riding my bike because I'm used to walking outside, seeing everybody. You know, seeing the city alive here in New York, and 
you know, there was always something to do here, but then going outside to a neighborhood, you know, I was thinking, um, you know, we used to travel down to Florida almost every summer mm. when we can, and um, we would always go to the tourist spots, you know, with the nice green grass and all that good stuff like that. Got you. But then we went to a spot called Pine Hills area, and it wasn't busy. What part of Florida is that in? That's in like Orlando, the, Florida. It's near Orlando, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's about like 45 minutes from Disney. Got you. Yeah, about like from where I was at, it's like maybe 20 minutes from Universal. But um, I guess you would call it the hood. Now, the hoods is, is different from um, from up there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you up here, you go there, it's like, but the hoods down there is, is still, you know, you still got your people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's still certain things going on. But, it was just different, man. Yeah. It was a sales shock. It was a, it was a calm down experience. So pretty much like when I come up here, I still got that New York um, state of mind mm-hmm. as far as the hustle, the grind, um, yeah. doing what I got to do to survive, living in the concrete jungle. But then um, what Florida did for me was uh, pretty much cool me out. Yeah. Like it added that coolness to it to where I'm cooling out. so um so like when i come up here i'm real chill i'm real relaxed but my mind is still moving yeah but i'm able to see things at like more of a a a slower pace yeah while everybody's just hustling and bustling around yeah yeah i feel like i moved to atlanta when i was 13 and like kind of similar similar circumstances like it was a totally different world for me like i went down a couple times my dad used to live down there but then my mom was like, go live with your dad. Mm-hmm. I had to go live down there, live down there. I was like, yo, this shit is a totally different world. Mm-hmm. But nah, now that I'm back, I can like, I can like still hustle and bustle, but still like sit back and observe everything that's going on around me and just chill sometimes yeah, and not be moving all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But I love it, man. I love coming up here yeah. all the time. How are the hoods different? Like, I know when you go to the hood in the Bronx, it's like everyone's chilling on the stoop. You know, you got your Everyone people throwing. Hispanic. And black, don't act like that. <laughs> don't act like that. <laughs> it's not just us, nah. But like the, you know, the typical hood. Like, how is it different down there? Because when I think of Florida hood, I'm, I'm picturing Trick Daddy and Kodak and Rick Ross. I don't know, why. but like, how is it different? And how was it different for you as far as atmosphere and energy from New York to Orlando? Man, that's a tough question, right? Yeah, usually Kev has the the tough ones, but we had to come today. (laughs) I mean, both places, they still have uh, very similar circumstances as far Mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, being who we are as people and in those lower income areas and stuff like that. So pretty that's still the same. But as far as um, like living situations, for instance, is a little bit more spacious down there. Way more. It, you got more space down there, and what that allows is uh, you have more space to think, pretty much. So if you're living in a crowded place, like the projects up here and stuff like that, you're more, everything is right on top of you. Down there in Florida, you can breathe a little bit more. Yeah. Even if you're going through certain, certain situations, you can still breathe because there's still space around you. And mentally, if you have space around you, you have more space up here to think. So that's, that's one of the... Uh, Big differences. Um, 
everything's not on top of you in Florida. And the cost of living is cheaper down there. Even though the, the jobs pay less, the cost of living is still a little bit, you know what I'm saying, less down there. Gotcha. Yeah. Being like you're from New York, you live in you live in Orlando now, right? Yeah. All right. What's the so you travel back and forth for business? What's the grind like? What's the difference in the grind as like when you come up here to like do tattoos for clients up here versus you grinding for business down in Florida? Like, do you notice a difference between like how you move within the tattoo world between both cities? Um, people up here, like, since it's so much more fast paced, mm -hmm. they just ready. They don't want to waste no time. And being that I'm only here for a certain amount of time, it's hard to judge because when I come up here. The appointments are already stacked up, so they just come in, they come in, they come in. Down there, it's, it's the same thing, but it's a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't even say slow, it's just people have a little bit more time to think. Mm -hmm. And especially with artwork, when you have um, way more time to think about it, just like anything in life, once you think too hard on it, you change, you, you change your mindset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I can have an idea and I'm ready. I know exactly how it's going to look. And this is even in both spots, um, New York and, and Florida. I know exactly how I'm going to do it. But, you know, being that they have so much time to think and you have a lot of time to think in Florida, especially because you, everywhere you go, you got to drive. Yeah. Everywhere you go, you got to drive. So I'm always ready and I know the idea. They, they come to me and they be like, yo, I'm there, I'm like, okay, I got the perfect idea. Let's mm -hmm. do this, this, and that. And with that time, sometimes I'll think about it too much, and, you know, it kind of drops the idea a little bit. But at the end of the day, all I need is the, the trust in, in people. Got you. You know what I'm saying? If, as long as I got their trust in the work, mm -hmm. then the work is going to come out solid. If they're kind of finicky about it, then the work is going to be like, okay, I don't know if I really want to do this project. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's... It's not really a big difference. Like, I'm still busy in, in both places. Mm. Yeah. So are you independent? Like, are you working for a shop here, a shop there? or how I'm, I'm totally independent, 100%. Mm. Um, I started tattooing 19, and I was in the game for about four years. And with doing that, I worked at the one shop that hired me first. Mm -hmm. Then they actually ended up firing me because of some situation with, my my ex girl's moms came in and started arguing with the manager or whatever. So hmm. find me over a situation. <laughs> they do it to yeah. you. They do it to so, you. So you know, <laughs> by association, whatever, whatever. So they find me off for that, and I was tattooing out the spot for a little bit, and then I got to another shop, and then I went to another shop and another shop. So I went, I kept on jumping from shop to shop, learning mm -hmm. what I needed to learn. Yeah. And then you know I'll move on if I feel like that shop is no longer teaching me. And sometimes. The shop didn't even, it's not even, um, when I say learning, it wasn't even about learning about art, just how to manage, you know, yourself, your people, your surroundings, who to deal with, who not to deal with. So I learned a lot on a wide spectrum, especially with business. Yeah. So I got to like my fourth year of tattooing and I realized that every time that I would leave a shop, I would want to just tattoo out my spot and focus strictly on my clients. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that <clears throat> it wasn't the shop that was uh, keeping me afloat. It was it was my mental and it was my um, 
my dealings with my clientele that was keeping me in play. Yeah. Shop had nothing to do with it. That was just a spot, you know what I'm saying? And where they cut me their tattoos. So I changed my perception on it on just focusing strictly on my clients, on my work ethic, on um, my skills, how I'm applying the tattoo, and how the client feels when they leave. Like if they feel like, yo, this is amazing tattoo, I want to come back. And, yeah. You know, when they come to me and they be like, um, you know, I got stopped so many times, people stop me all the time. They see my sleeve, but they always point at that one tattoo you did. They're like, yeah, yeah, I see that, but who did that one? Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. That's a dope feeling, yeah. I can yeah, imagine. Exactly, because it's like, all right, cool, I did my job. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going, let's keep this going. So I kept that going, um, and on my fourth year, I said, okay, I'm not going to work in anybody else's shop until it's my own shop. So I jumped on the traveling thing. I kept going back and forth to New York, um, met a lot of amazing people, um, tattooed Ryan, mm -hmm. um, Ryan's girl. You know, I met so many people through it that I look back and I realize that for three years straight, I've been doing it strictly independent, strictly off of me talking to my clients. And I realize that my clients really, they're like my supporters. They are my supporters. They're more like a family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I'm across town, they'll be like, oh, yo, where you at? I'll just come to you. And I started realizing, like, yo, it's really not about, you know, the, the shop or anything like that. They, they want the work, so they're going to come to where I'm at. And that's support. That's love. So yeah. I focused on those type of people because those are the type of people that I want pretty much around the world. That's the foundation right there. Mm. Yeah. I ask you some real questions now. What's up? What's the craziest tattoo you've ever done? I was waiting. I was going to ask that too. <laughs> Wait, two questions. What's the craziest tattoo you've ever done? And what's the weirdest tattoo that you've rejected that you said, no, I'm not doing that? Like, what's the weirdest request you've ever got? And you was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. My boy Rel be thinking about his questions. <laughs> <laughs> The coolest tattoo I did was on this, uh, this shit's about 70 years old. 70? 70. 70s old. Mm. Her husband died, and she said her husband never wanted her to have a tattoo. Rebellious. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, so he passed and everything, and she came into the tattoo shop. And I'm sitting there. This was like I was tattooing for like two or three months. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there watching her. my mind, I'm like, you know, what she does when she's looking at the artwork and yeah. it and stuff like that. So let me go talk to her. So I went up there and I talked to her. She's like, yeah, I'm looking at getting a tattoo. And I'm like, really? She's like, okay, well, I'm going to let you keep on looking through the flashwork and, you know, you tell me what you want. She came back. She said, okay, I want this. Pointed at it and it said, total bitch. <laughs> it said, total bitch. And, you know, I had the pink and the pretty colors in there. It was total bitch and the banner and stuff like that. <laughs> you sure? I'm like, all right, we'll fill out this paperwork. Build out the paperwork, paid the money. Next thing you know, I'm in there setting up the needle, and I got the stencil right there that says total bitch. I'm about to tattoo on the 70 year old. And start tattooing. <laughs> she tell me her whole story, her whole spell, and I'm like, wow. She's like, yeah, so my husband died. Didn't want me getting tattooed, so I figured I'll just get one when he dies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she said exactly that, man. She got the tattoo, and I was like, wow. That was one of the Where'd she get it? She got it on the arm. Oh, right there, right on her, right on her bicep, right on her muscle. <laughs> <laughs> she flexing with it. Yeah, she wanted it to be seen. Yeah, definitely. 
Now the weirdest tattoo. <laughs> I had to turn down. Or the weirdest one that you've even done, one that you was like, "Wow, this is crazy." Yeah, but like I, you I'm sure? Gonna, but, I'm take, but I'm gonna take this money. <laughs> Boyfriend name tattoos, girlfriend name tattoos. Mm. Yeah. Regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that commercial was like, "No regrets." No regrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then that has to be it. Yeah. Um, I, I tattooed a few, and some of them. And you know brilliant. when you're doing it. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna be here when you want to cover. Yeah, I was about to say. I, mean, I know you done some cover-ups. Yes, that's extra money for me. Um, I had this couple come in. They got a tattoo together. She got it real small on her wrist, and then he got it right across his throat. Oh. And I'm sitting there like, you really want that across your throat? Like, he you didn't see that. Your girl just he didn't see that inequality. Yeah. Oh. Wow. So, uh, bro, it's just the Well, isn't that painful? Yeah. On the Adam's apple. What would you, what you say is the uh, most painful area to get a tattoo? Um, That's a good question. I imagine pressing speak. on my Adam's apple repeatedly. Would my most painful area was my knuckles, mm. which a lot of people say it don't hurt to them, but it hurt me. <laughs> um, and my collarbone. Ah, yeah. That was that was that was a bitch. But um, my client's point of view is the ribs is really sensitive. Um, elbow area, the inside of the arm, and a lot of it is a lot of it is painful, but more so it's irritating. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you're sitting there, you're tattooing, and then you're wiping. And I've been tattooed before on the inside of my arm, and I'm looking at the artist like, "Yo, you gotta wipe that hard." And I know the, the whole process of yeah. doing it, but being on the other side, you know, laying on the table, it's just like, damn, this is what my clients go through. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think well, about like, yeah, that. It's what they go through is, is, you know, you go through what you really want. But at the end of the day, you go through the pain and you you get something that you wanted at the end. Gotcha. Versus like your girlfriend trying to stick you with a needle and then you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this, this might be a, a very dumb question, but I've always wondered, <laughs> no, but I've always wondered because like I've gotten a couple tattoos and I'm just like, how do you like when, when they how, like for example. When someone's like just like digging into your skin with a needle, basically just going in and like shading all that stuff, and they wiping off, how do they know how much ink to actually use? Um, like how do you know like to do like an even distribution of ink so that the end the tattoo is all shaded the same way, things like that? Because like when I'm looking at it while I'm getting tattooed, it just all looks blurry as hell. Like it's like all right, you're just wiping all this stuff across me, and then when it's done, it's like oh, it's perfect. <laughs> 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 I'm looking with the side eye like this bitch fucking up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'll be wondering why people. I see him on my periphery. <laughs> you, gotta make, you gotta make sure. You know what you're doing. <laughs> but um, I guess it, it's just uh, everybody has their own technique. Like I have my own technique. Okay. So with me, I just dip real quick. It's just a quick dip inside of the, the ink cap, and I, you know I go with it, and I know what shades, variations of what I'm using. So I have it all laid out. So when I'm laying out like my black and grays that I use, I have my from my extra light all the way to my six or seven ink caps mm-hmm. and then once that's all laid out I know which one I'm dipping into then I have my rinse cup and then you know I rinse it out dip into this color dip into that color but what other people see is a whole bunch of blacks that's yeah that's what I, that's what I see <laughs> like if I run out of this one I'm gonna use Word. this one yeah. and then I run out of that yeah. one <laughs> and all I see is this a bunch of rubbing on my shoulders <laughs> and I'm like yo what are you doing 
<laughs> Let me see. And then I feel pain. And then back to wiping. Like, well, all right, you must know something I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's all about, like, it's all about the person stepping. Mm. How would you say you've improved as an artist over the course of the seven years? How would I improve? What no, part? how would you say you have improved from day one, like at 19 compared to now at 26? Oh, hell yeah, I improved. How so, I'm how saying? How so? Yeah. Like some key things you've learned. Some key things I learned in improvement, number one was patience. Because when, you, when you're working with skin, is so much more different than working with on a, on a canvas. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when you're working with a pencil on paper and you're doing, um, you know what I'm saying, really light shading, you know, it's cool and you see the shade right then and there. Mm. But then when you're working with a needle and you're doing some really light shading on skin, you'll shade, but then you have, sometimes the skin will get irritated and you'll, it'll, it'll bleed a little bit. Mm. So sometimes you have to wait in order to see that light tone. So you have to wait a couple minutes. Some people will shade and they don't see it yet. It's there. Mm. They just got to wait until the skin settles. But they'll keep shading it and shading it and shading it until they finally see it. And when they do finally see it, being that they went over it so many times, it ends up scarring the skin. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that um, I'm pretty sure most artists and all artists learn through trial. You know, and that's the best way to learn. I mean, we've all have our... I don't my skin. You know? Right, that's what I feel like there's unlucky souls out there with just there <laughs> scarred is. tattoos. Some people, that learn, some people have the opportunity that... Um, Somebody teaches them like what to do and what not to do, mm-hmm. and then other people they don't have that opportunity. They have to learn through trial and error, through practicing on their friends, even messing up on some clients. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? That's a part of the game. So with me, I learned like when I came into the the, the tattoo industry, they pretty much told me the basics on how to set up your machines, what machine to use, what was some good inks to use, um, and I was grateful for that because the shop that I went to. Inkspot, shout out to them um, for giving me the opportunity. I went there and they were all using top quality things. Like mm-hmm. they told me, don't go on eBay and get a tattoo kit. So I went in there and I'm like, yeah, I want a tattoo kit. Because from the hood, that's what we learn what it is. It's a tattoo kit, it's a tattoo gun. And they're like, no, <laughs> yeah. it's not what it's called. It's a tattoo machine, it's not shaped like a gun. Don't call it a gun. <laughs> it doesn't shoot it doesn't do it no 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 it's a tattoo machine you're gonna use this machine so the first machine that I bought for myself was $250 but then the tattoo kits online you get like two machines some inks some needles and everything for like $150 mm. but then the outcome of you know you have a shitty machine it, it's running loud as hell mm. and then it might chew up the skin even more and you know it, it's a lot of uh, things that I learned from um, going about it the right way. I went to other shops wanting to learn um, how to tattoo before I actually got into the industry. Mm, mm. Um, and you know what I'm saying? It's sad to say this, but I went to my own kind. So I went to black-owned jobs. Yeah. Like, Yo, it's not sad to put say. Put me on. But what's sad is they didn't put me on. Yeah, I know. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I, didn't, saw that I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I have, I have faith in my brothers. Nah, Too they, much. <laughs> they, they didn't put me on. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was multiple reasons why, you know, I came in there with my drawings or whatever, and that's probably not the reason why they didn't put me on. But 
a lot of times when people don't want to put you on is either two things is either they feel threatened by you mm. or they don't know what the hell they're doing so they can't teach you nothing but mm. they're too proud to admit that they'll just turn you away so those very same yeah, we people thought about that second one yeah <laughs> those very same people that turned me down are the very same people that's looking at me asking questions on how to do this and how to do that. So mm -hmm. when I went to that shop that turned me away the first time, um, I ended up working there. That was my second shop I worked at. And um, after working there for a little bit, you know, I came in and they knew more knowledge than me. But I soak up things quickly. I'm like yeah. a sponge. You know what I'm saying? I'm from New York. So you know, you mm -hmm. You know, I soaked up everything, and I would just step back, and I just observed everything that they're doing. They really didn't have to tell me anything. And I just needed to know, like, simple, very simple things. It's just like, ah, ah, that's the piece that I was missing. I didn't need to do this. Bet. I got it. So, for instance, portrait. Nobody never taught me how to do a portrait. Um, I learned from... What's drawing. a portrait for the one individual in here without a tattoo? Hmm? What's a portrait? <laughs> a portrait, a face. Like tattooing the face. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Good question, Kevin. I ain't know why I'm here. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. The Mona Lisa. Cool. The Mona Lisa. <laughs> Portraits. Some with great, with, with gold around the trimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, I'll catch him eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep talking. See him Googling portrait on this. Let make a mental note. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was the portrait. Um, they didn't know how to do portraits in the shop, so it was just all for me, just. Knowing how to draw, and a lot of people don't know that's the first step of tattooing is knowing how to draw. Mm. If you don't know how to draw, then, for instance, when you have the stencil, like somebody put a stencil on you, you got tattooed. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, with the wiping and stuff, you will lose that stencil. And if you lose that stencil and you don't know how to draw, you can't just sit there and draw back on there freeman with the needle. Yeah. So that's how sometimes the tattoos get messed up because they just know how to trace. So when I went in there and I was doing the drawings and stuff that I like to do and I was translating them over the skin, I found that when a piece would come in and it was for another artist to do, for instance, he was like, yo, Jay, man, come over here. Let's show me how, do I, how do I do this? Now, these are the very same people that turned me away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I do this? I'm saying like, well, you do that, you do this, you do this. And it was one day I was sitting right over his shoulder as he was tattooing the client. I'm like, yeah, you just want to shade there, just whip that out right there. And, you know, you want to do all of that. So that right there let me know that these people turned me away because they didn't know truly what they were doing. And yeah. when I would ask them simple questions like, how do you mix gray wash? And gray wash is the, the watered down black ink. Mm. Um, how do you mix it? And it, it's always like a little secret to them, right? They didn't want to let you know. So I ended up leaving that shop, and all of a sudden, when I left it, I turned into their competition. They mm -hmm. just said it. Like, you became my competition. I'm like, what you mean I became your competition? Like, I'm nobody's competition. I'm my own competition at the end of the day. But, you know what I'm saying? If we work together, why are you going to start treating me like I'm competition to you? 
Especially like, when you just gave them advice. Yeah, I gave them <laughs> advice, you know what I'm saying? After they wouldn't give you? I'm bringing, you know, clients to, to the shop. And even if I bring clients to the shop, even if they come to me because of the shop is there, they're continuously coming back to mm-hmm. the shop to get work from me. Yeah. So initially, I'm helping build the brand of the shop. Yeah. Like I'm helping with that as well. So when I leave because of whatever situation, you know, I want to grow a little bit more. I want to work around more uh, dedicated and passionate artists. I want to work around different people. Mm. Why are you going to look at me like I'm competition now? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of messed up, especially, you know, we brothers and we're doing the same thing. And if you have a question, I'm more than welcome to tell you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, how to go about it. Yeah. So I ended up leaving and I came back to the shop and, you know, they came, started treating me a little different. I left again. Went to another shop, learned some more stuff, improved on my skills. Um, worked with them like for about a month, and then I left again. And then after that, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. Why do black people act like that? Though? I don't know. Man. A lot of black people act like that though. Like not just like in in our professions in general. Like they just feel like there's only enough room for like so many of us. Like I can't help you. Like like we have to be competition. Like that's, it, that's, it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that, that. man. That's that house nigga shit. Yeah. That's that's straight up. Is you don't want to see them accomplish more than than what you're doing, and that's that's messed up. You want to help them out at the end of the day. Like like me, um, there's artists that come to me asking me how do I do this or how do I do that or even with their their pricing, um, and I even tell them the same thing. I'm like, yo, focus on your clientele. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on what anybody else is doing. Focus on your clients. Focus on your work ethic. Focus on. Um, just focus on you, mm-hmm. especially mentally. Especially mentally, you have to just have patience with it, man. And if you just stay dedicated to what you're doing, and you don't let like the outside interference and um, even like fucking girls and all, it, let all that shit go. At the end of the day, if you focus on what you're doing, and you know you helping others with the information that you got. Mm. Um, and you're doing everything that you love and everything, man, the women will chase you and you'll have an option. Okay, I'll... Nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll have options for that. And it's the same thing in life. Once you focus on what you really love, there's things that'll come to you and you'll have an option to take that on or let it go rather than you struggling and you just taking anything that comes at you. Yep. <laughs> Um, I'll say definitely when I first got the tattoo from, from Justin, I was nervous as fuck cause the shit hurts. <laughs> so I remember I got this little ass cloud on my arm and the guy, I felt like the guy didn't even care. Like I was sitting there just like, and he was probably laughing at me and my girl was there like, are you serious? But that's your first tap. This one. Yeah. The cloud one. So I was, I was just scared and I didn't like the guy. I didn't feel connected with him. Like. It just, I didn't build a relationship with him. So when I got my first tattoo with Justin, I was super scared. Like, I was sitting there, my hair was, like, all over the place. My palms <laughs> were sweaty. Like, my girl was talking to me, but at some point, like, I didn't even want to hear her voice. And then, um... <laughs> he just joking. Nah, yeah. No, but it, it, it's a process, too, because she got, she got her, her tattoo done, too, so I was just tired. And I think it was, like, 1 a.m. Yeah, that was we, was in, we was there for a minute, and one thing I didn't realize, which is why I probably wouldn't go to any other tattoo artist, is the, um, 
So when he does the t- the tattoo and he's doing it on the skin, it, it's sort of like he. I always tell people this: you allow us to breathe in, and then you do it when we breathe out. So he'll he'll stop when we're breathing in, and then he'll start again when we breathe out. And it allows you to build that um, breathing pattern. So it's like when you're running or or you're um, bike riding or you're doing any type of strenuous activity. Mm-hmm. When you're having a steady breathing pace, it allows you to be better. Like your adrenaline yeah. might not be up. So it was a lot more calmer than I thought it was. Yeah. And I think like, I feel like as much as patience also to learning your customer, like I feel like you learn your customers very well to the point where you allow them to be like, all right, it doesn't hurt as bad. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you thought it would be in mm-hmm. a way. And one of the things too, like I'm glad he came was his, uh, we started talking about the 48 laws of power and, and reading and motivation. So he talks to you while yeah. you're, you're getting the tattoo done. So it's like you don't even realize you're there for six hours sometimes Damn. or four hours. I think we was watching like a Tyler Perry show and um, <laughs> we was just laughing watching it. And I'm- a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I didn't even think this shit was that funny. Like... (laughs) Um, so that's, that's something like I always tell people, if you go to get tattooed, make sure like the person actually cares. Cause, and I always tell them to go to you anyway, cause out there, I feel like they want that quick buck while you actually go to his house. He talks to you. He sits you down and y'all have a conversation. So how do you find him? Jay? Uh, through this guy I knew, I think uh. his name was Josh. I just found him. Oh. Found Josh. Oh, and then, okay. Nah. Uh, <laughs> I had um. I met Josh and I had my first tattoo, and I wanted another one, but my mom was not having it. So um, Josh and my other boy, we both wanted these tattoos done. 
I would never thought I would be getting tattoos, but then I just went, and then when we got there, I, I it was it's surreal to this moment. Like I always saw, imagine myself going and then leaving. Like not, I'll come back later. But when you give someone your deposit, <laughs> you're, you're like, damn, you gotta go. Like, and I saw that too. I was like, damn, you kind of that's 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 to make sure like the person doesn't skip out on you, and if they do, at least you got some type of cash. But <laughs> I was yeah, like. Sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once I met Josh, Josh, if anybody knows Josh, he has a whole bunch of fucking tattoos and uh, he peer pressured me. So <laughs> thank you, Josh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I always try to, if anybody wants a tattoo to refer him to you because, and then he gives you stuff at the end, like, oh, put this ointment on. This is a good cream. Mm. And the cream you gave me, but this cream actually worked faster. Like it, it peels, but it takes less than two. It took me less than two weeks for the. Yes. Appealing to come on, mm. so I mean, if anybody needs a tattoo, hit this guy up. Yeah, I respect that because the little Asian lady who did my first tattoo, okay. oh, she ain't give a fuck about me. You're done. She ain't give a fuck. Like she was not. Nah, she's good though. She's nice, but like her conversation, we didn't have any conversation. And I'm sitting there with my with my well, my girl at the time, my ex, um, and this bitch was digging into my skin like. <laughs> it's like you big boy, you big boy, you big boy. And, like, and I'm sitting there, my girl looking at, like my ex looking at me, and she like, like you know, I'm trying to be tough. You know, I'm like, ah, I'm good, I'm good on the inside, bro. I was screaming like if I could have cried, I would have cried right through the bed. That shit hurt so bad. I was like, why are you doing this to me? But yeah, so yeah. I respect that, and I'm sure your clients appreciate that shit because yeah. I'm sure they have similar stories to mine. <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all about the connection, man. It's like when you when you have that connection with somebody, when you're doing work for somebody, mm. um, the work just comes out better because you that person and you have a connection to where you know how you want it, you know how they want it, mm. and they trust you at the same time. So there's some clients where we don't really talk much, you know what I'm saying? And then there's some clients where I just connect with. Automatically, yeah. but either or, both clients that really don't talk much or that really we have a conversation, the work still comes out good because at the end of the day, they still have that that trust. Yeah, that, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accomplish what they, you know, their vision. I'm gonna bring their lives. How do you guys sit there that long and don't talk though? That must be wild, boring. Man, how do you <laughs> sit in a relationship? It's like <laughs> it's love, man. It's, it's love for what you do. Yeah, that, that's yeah. It's, it's just love and wanting to wanting to see that end goal, that end process, and that check. Though let's not flex. Yeah, yeah, check, <laughs> I said, I'll be solid for six hours too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even know you was here. <laughs> how often are your sessions reaching six hours? Is that common? How often? That's, yeah. Um, that's average. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like this past Saturday, what was the last Saturday? The last Saturday. Um, my work ethic is crazy. I think it's crazy. So a typical day for me, like a Saturday, I will wake up around 6 a.m. And, you know, I'll, I'll get a good uh, meditation, stretching, and everything, get my mind right. And then, you know, I eat a good breakfast, walk my dog and everything. Get back inside, and I just start sketching, preparing for the tattoo. Mm-hmm. And then once that's done, make sure my clients come in, they show up, they see the tattoo, they love it. Um, they say, all right, let's get it done. So on a past Saturday, I had like three tattoos to do. 
So the first client came there around 12 p.m. and I was finished with her by 3 p.m. And then the next client came at 3.30 mm. and then I was finished with her. That didn't really take that long. Um, like by 4.30 I was finished with her. Mm. And then the next client came at 5 and then we started on her tattoo. We had to do some tweaking to it, um, you know, size it out and um, stenciling on her and let it dry and everything. We started her tattoo at 7 p.m. and we wasn't done until 5 a.m. What? <laughs> what did she get? She got um the skull and rose with a full color. Oh, that's the one you you yeah, posted. That, that one took like nine hours. Nine hours. How often so do you get those? For, for like twenty four hours that day, because after she left at five, you know you're a little bit wired. Yeah. Um, and once you miss that sleep window, which I usually go to sleep around two a.m., you know I get a little bit drowsy. I'm still up. I'm working, going down, and that sleep window just disappeared. And So I didn't get end up going to bed until like 6 a.m. And then I got right back up by uh, 10 a.m. because I was supposed to do a body painting. But then my um, the model, she ended up oversleeping because she had a crazy night the night before. Mm. So I was like, let me start partying. Mm. Mm. Uh, Priorities. Not <laughs> 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 yeah, I was going out of town and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I understood it. So I ended up not working that day, really, thankfully. Yeah. Um, because I, I was tired, to be honest with you. Um, so that day I just ended up spending it with my kids and stuff. So that, that was a good thing. But, um, yeah, that's like my typical work day, man. I get up mad early and I go to sleep mad late. You work seven days a week? Or nah, I try to keep it to like five, okay. maybe six at the most. Good. You know, I don't try to overwork. Don't need a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some days are busier than others. Hmm. Yeah. But um, six hours is, is a good time that I like. How often are you reaching half a day? <laughs> How often are you reaching almost half a day? <laughs> like, like, like that. Like, yeah. Um, that's probably like a few times out in a month, maybe maybe three or four times, depending on how I schedule the appointments. Yeah. Like that day, I knew it was going to be a crazy day because I booked it that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was supposed to only tattoo two people that day, but then on a Thursday where that second appointment was scheduled for, um, she couldn't make it, so I said, So it all depends on how I book it, really. I control the schedule. Was that a process for you? Like, having, I'm sure it takes a lot of mental stamina to, like, because, like, you're drawing on someone. So you have to be, like, focused and locked in. So to be locked in for God knows how many hours, like. And fight and sleep. Yeah, and fight and sleep. So, like, is that something that you built over the years, like, having that, that mental stamina to just be locked in on something like that? And has it ever gone wrong? Rocking this one? It never went wrong. Okay. Um, I mean, I've done that before where I'm tattooing so to the sun rises. Um, what locks in that focus is the purpose of doing it. Mm. You know, the, the why. Like, why am I doing this? And focusing on the end goal of seeing the tattoo for that moment and seeing what I can do. Mm-hmm. And then looking back at that crazy day and be like, damn, yo, I really fucking worked 20 hours that day just straight tattooing and drawing. Yeah. And all of my clients left happy. Like, I posted it on Instagram, and you'll see them saying thank you so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, for the world to see it. So, 
at the end, it's like that's 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 the reason, that's the purpose. I want to see that happiness at the end of the day. Of course, I want to get paid for it, the work that I'm putting in. Yeah. But that's that's it's all about the purpose. Once gotcha. you got that purpose, you you'll be amazed how much work you can actually put in. So outside of you, like say for example, someone requests a tattoo and you you know obviously do a sketch for it, this and a third. How often do you just sketch on your own time, like to brush up on your own skills or like any creative tattoo ideas that, that you just come that just come to fruition for yourself and like I'm gonna draw this out and like have your own little portfolio for other people basically. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's tough, man. Lately, it depends on how busy I am. Mm-hmm. But as of lately, I really haven't have any time to draw out things that I actually wanted to draw out. Gotcha. A lot of the times, it's catering to what other people want. But at the same time, they want things that I like doing. You know what I'm saying? So it, it works. It's almost it's still a win-win. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, it's mainly in the, the wintertime. Fall, wintertime, that's when I really get my uh, time to to draw out like things that I, you know, like this T-shirt this morning. I did that in the wintertime of last year. So Supply I had to. T-shirt. Yeah, thank you. Um, you selling those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on my site, artaddictions.com. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Art of what? Art addictions. Okay. Yeah, Got you. Art addictions. Is that what an S? Uh, that C? Yeah. yeah. I, knew I should have asked. I searched it, but some weird shit came up. <laughs> Art addictions with a Z. Where it be some points I would ask. <laughs> <laughs> See some naked dude drawing. <laughs> What's good with your boys? <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, back in high school, I was doing something that, you know, I actually wanted to do, was drawing on shirts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And today, I'm actually pretty much doing the same thing. Um, now, I just have tattooing. And I still do drawings for people and stuff like that. So, I'm just mm-hmm. using everything. That's together. dope. That's like, your, like your, bu- your business is so multifaceted. Like, you're selling t-shirts, you're doing tattoos. Like, you, like, really are doing what you said in the beginning. I'm an artist. <laughs> all above. Drawing. All of it. <laughs> Nah, that's dope, though. Yeah. What would you say is your primary, like, passion? Like, as far as tattooing things or drawing things, what do you... Because I see on Instagram you post, like, the sort of aphrodisiac, like, the Egyptian style um, paintings and everything. So, like, what what is your favorite thing to tattoo? Or what is your style? Uh, my style, at the end of the day, is what I love painting and drawing, is what you'll see the most. Mm-hmm. Just the image itself. I mean, the image itself is is important because that's what we um, that's what we remember at the end of the day in our brain is, is images. So my purpose behind that is like a question I'll ask people is when you think about Egyptian art, do you see do you actually see yourself in it? Mm. Like you'll see show you on TV but do you really connect with it and when they see you when they show you pictures of who's in Egypt today do you connect with it at the end of the day do you say okay my people was the one that that built that civilization Um, the Nefertiti that they show you that's in the museum that looks like my mother nah 
I tell people all the time. People act like Egypt isn't in Africa. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> people think it's in Europe. Yeah, they think it's like some little small island off the coast of Sweden <laughs> or some shit. It's like, it's like a bunch of Swedish people. It's a little vacation spot. Like, yeah. It's a resort. <laughs> yeah. It's in fucking Africa. They, they don't know. They just don't know. So that's the, that's the reason behind my, my drawings and, 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 and my paintings. That's what I love to do. Because when I look at the comments, I always look at my comments when I post. And I, I try my best ever to Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be like, oh, this looks like my cousin, or this looks like, you know, this this look like Meek Mills, or this look like Ice Cube, or this look like Lisa Ray. They're saying these look like people that looks like us. Yeah. At the end of the day. And that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's, that's, that's my push to, to show that it looks like those certain people, because it is those certain people. It is us. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It is not what you see, like if you look up Egyptian costume, Google Egyptian costume, and you're gonna see who they want you to see. White Cleopatra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fucking hot as fuck over down there. Everyone was probably our skin complexion. Yeah, man. So yeah, that that that's my um that's my vision. That's my, my focus on the, the, the black art. So business wise, five years, what do you see? Uh uh-uh. uh. I see myself with multiple tattoo shops. I see myself with a successful foundation teaching kids how to be entrepreneurs and how to do what they love for a living. Mm. Um, how to be creative and business-minded at the same time and how to inspire other people. I see my clothing line really um, pretty much being successful. Shops. I want to have a vegan restaurant. Um, is is so many things that I want to do and that I'm gonna do. Wait, you're yeah. vegan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Don't talk about that after. Keep talking. There's <laughs> so many things that you know I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Um, one person told me before it was like, um, "You're famous, but it's gonna take a little bit longer for other people to realize, you know, to realize that." Mm. You're already successful, but it's going to take other people a while to realize it. So I just keep doing what I'm doing. So in five years, I see me still doing what I'm doing now, just at another higher level. Mm. Um, More focus and just more accomplishments and inspiring other people. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully in five years, we be in revolt. Interviewing him again. (laughs) 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 Right back up in here. (laughs) Not in here. In a better a better one. Maybe in a booth somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's your personal time like? Do you like go out? Do you hang with friends? My personal time, man, is my personal time is quietness. Like it may sound crazy, but barely listen to music anymore. Um, sometimes I barely even, um, like I used to read a lot of books on like spirituality and how to meditate and how to do all those things. And for some people that worked, but for me, it was more so clouding my mind because it was just telling me how that author got to that state mm. on how that author did things, which is a good like, you know, a, a good route to take 
if you really need that guidance. But with me, it was like, it was better for me to just cut out everything and then experience it for myself mm-hmm. and have my own way of going about things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, like when I'm driving, I don't turn on my music. You know what I'm saying? I sit there and I focus on what, what's in my head. And when I started doing that, it was tough because in silence, the music would still be playing in my head. <laughs> the beat would still be playing. And it's more than just the music that's playing, it's the words that they're saying. And the words that they're saying that you keep on reiterating, you actually start living that life. So if you're listening to fucking hoes, going clubbing, doing this, doing that, doing this, you actually start doing those exact mm-hmm. things. So I did this fast where I didn't listen to music for 30 days. And then I cut back music on again started listening to the beats and then I had to turn that off because I listened to the beats and then I just started staying at work. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped listening to music for 30 days and I cut it back on and I was listening to to Rick Ross, dope music and I was listening to him and I was riding in my car and then it was like I got a chopper in the back, you know, police, blah, 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 blah. And I found myself like looking in my rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> like feeling like there was police behind me. And it made me feel a certain way. And I read this thing before that said, watch what you listen to and watch what you, uh, be careful what you watch. Because mm-hmm. your, your mind records every little thing with words, beats, rhythms, vibrations, um, images. So in order to keep that, uh, that mental clean, I, I cut it out. And me spending time with myself is actually, that's me spending time with myself and doing that stuff. And then when I get around other people, you know, I'm good. I'm better. I'm not thinking about, you know, what this person is saying, what that person is saying. I'm just still here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm still in the present, in mm-hmm. the present moment and just enjoying your life. So that's one of the things that tattooing actually showed me because with tattooing and with artwork, you have to be in that present moment and you have to be focused on what you're doing right then. You can't be thinking about how it's gonna look when it's done. You just gotta be thinking about how it's looking right now, constantly. And a lot of times tattoos or artwork in general, it may look like shit all the way through mm. until you pop in those little white highlights or until you add those little, those last five minutes, it pulls everything scared for a second yeah yeah yeah. they're gonna love this but that's that's another thing tattooing did for me um that's that's how i spend my time with myself you see friends often and stuff i see my friends here and there but the more busy that i get the less time that i have to um to hang out yeah the less because time is very 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 valuable and the time that i spend hanging out i'd be thinking to myself like yo i can be making money doing this (laughs) I could be making money. I'm thinking of new ideas to make money. I could be improving on something. I can get to what I said I was going to get to a week ago. Um, I could plan on getting to what I was, you know what I'm saying? It's, so I stopped chilling as much, and I started um, doing more. Mm, to the point yeah. where the thought of chilling is chilling to, to my soul. It's like, Wordplay. Bars. I, I, I don't want to do that, man. I, I don't want to chill, man. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, keep my vision alive, because we only have so much time to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy told me this one story where it was this dude, you know, he 
we selling drugs or whatever. Um, not even drugs. We were just selling plants. Um, <laughs> he w- he was selling that, and you know he was likable around the neighborhood. Everybody loved him and stuff mm. like that. Somebody shot him one day, and they said they did the autopsy and they find out what happened. Come to find out, his his daughter was reaching for a gun underneath his car seat, and she was pulling and tugging at it, trying to get it out. She didn't really know what it was, but she was trying to get it out. Process of doing that, she shot him in the back. Mm-hmm. She's only seven years old, so he didn't wake up that day thinking my daughter was gonna shoot me in the back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. She didn't do that intentionally, but that just goes to show you really never know what's gonna happen to you. You you, you never know. Some people are afraid to go skydiving, and they say, oh, you know, you sign that rainbow away, blah 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 blah. But this dude wasn't afraid. Yeah. So there's so many different ways to die. You never know what's gonna happen. My my thing is just do what you know. What I'm saying do what you love, and you know just be very wary of the time that you've got because it's limited, mm. very limited. Yeah, yeah. I think when we was talking, I was like, oh, you hung out with this person, you saw this person, or did you speak to that person? He was like, yeah. I just didn't have time to chill. Yeah. Like, I have things I have to do. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's real. Like, you're not saying you don't want to chill with that person. You're just saying you have you have a goal or you're trying to accomplish something. You yeah. can't do that right now. Yeah, that's it. There's a time and a place for it. Yeah. If you, if you want to chill with me, then let's do business together. We could chill all day. If you want to do business with mm-hmm. me, we could talk business and we can, you know what I'm saying, we can still have a t- good time talking business, especially if we're talking about how we can expand and, how to um, make our life better as a whole, yeah. rather than talking about pimping shit and, and all this other <laughs> shit that's really going to bring... We can mix that in and talking about business and using it as analogies or whatever like that and, you know, memories, but I'm not trying to sit there for a few hours talking about that. That's not going to do anything for me. At the end of the day, when I leave a conversation, I'm like, did I uh, did I gain anything from it, or did I help that person with whatever situation that you know they were going through? If there was nothing gained on each side, then that conversation was pointless. It was it was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the questions I had too, um, we talked about it on one of our episodes. The pat- uh, patience is a virtue. When you started doing your tattoos, did you say? Like, were you thinking in the moment of where you wanted to be now, or how were? You, what was your process? Like, were you eager, or were you more patient to just learn as much as you can, or like, how did you go about accomplishing the goals that you have now? Oh, uh, that came with time, man. When, mm. when I first started tattooing, I didn't have any expectations at all. Like, I seen the tattoos that I liked. I said, "Yeah, I want to learn how to do that," um, but I didn't really think about the future so much. I was more so thinking in the past of what I'm currently doing. Like I didn't, I didn't know I, I would be here. Yeah. Much. I had mm. no clue. I had no goal. I had no no forward thinking. I was just thinking just straight tattooing. My, my, my mindset when I first started tattooing was just to learn how to tattoo. That was it. That was completely it. Not more. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. 
you know, because you know, a lot of people, like, we were talking about it, like, if you want to be a lawyer or you want to be an artist, you always say, well, I want I want that shop. I want it now. Yeah. You kind of just get in that moment. Yeah. And instead of, like, saying, all right, well, let me start my first tattoo and let me start my second. And then now you're probably at, what, 200? 200. 1,000, 200,000, my bad. Don't strip. Don't try me, my G. Come on. 200, you don't know. No, he's joking. J. Lewis. J. Lewis, B. I know that was a joke. I wish I would have counted how many tattoos I did, just to know, but it's a lot, man. I have a question now. I do want to talk really fast about veganism, though. Like, what inspired you to do that? And how long have you been a vegan? Vegan, four years. Um, I haven't had a tattoo for four years now. What inspired that? Uh, research with history. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really big on learning about, you know, where we come from, pretty much. And more than where we come from, but how we lived, what we ate, what we, you know, what they thought about on a regular basis, what their goals were, what they was more connected to. And... I had to dig outside of um, the, the Christian religion, which was uh, given to me, um, which I didn't choose. But I had to dig outside of it and learn other cultures because I know at the end of the day that all cultures learn from, you know, what I'm saying the motherland. They, they learn from where, you know, where we come from, where we are as a people. They mm-hmm. learn everything from us. Damn near hundred percent of the inventions that's here today are because of us. Mm. Um, but being slaves, you know, they say, no, he didn't make that. I made that. I owned him, so I own him. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so going back and, and researching those those type of things is what inspired me. So my first thing I researched, of course, which many people research when they want to learn about, um, you know, the mind and stuff like that is Buddhism. Mm. So, you know, they focus on learning about that culture. So I focus on learning about that culture. Continuously purifying your body long term instead of just eating shit and then eating okay and eating shit and then eating okay. You're just going to keep flopping back and forth. Mm-hmm. Why not stay on one steady path and just always feel good 24 mm-hmm. 7? So, with that in mind, I focus on those. I focus on what, um, what we ate back then and what connects with us more and what made me feel good. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, and what we was eating before we were initially brought here, I can't even really say that because there was black people everywhere on the mm-hmm. earth. Yeah. Um, but before we was given a way to eat versus the way that we were born to eat. Mm-hmm. So I started eating more fruits, more vegetables. I cut out, you know, first I cut out the pork, the, the red meats, and then I cut out the chicken, and then I cut out the milks and the cheese. 
Vanished on that for a couple months, cut it back out, vanished on it. And by, but by doing that, when you cut out something for so long and you put it back into your system, you get to really feel how that something makes you yep. feel. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like when you break up with somebody and you know the reason why you broke up with them, and but you then you, you kind of miss them, yeah. and then you get back <laughs> with them, and you do, they do something, and you're like, this uh-huh. is why I broke up with you. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me, I get confused all the time. Yeah, so, so in 1980 or 70-something, they came out with a new word called vegan. Mm. Um, it, just, it still sounds weird. <laughs> we needed a loophole. <laughs> it, it, it still sounds weird, vegan. I would rather vegetarian, um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I got to try that. That's dedication. Yeah, yeah, we got to try that one day. No, it, it, no. it really really did it it's crazy um you know doing all this research on religion and fasting and stuff i did a fast for three days where it was no food for three days straight mm. straight straight water hmm. straight water and like meditation make sure i ain't work i ain't have nothing to do so just straight water meditation a lot of sleep um the first day was good second day I was starving this third day I got over it um, and on that third day it was actually Thanksgiving oh <laughs> so, <laughs> on that third day it was Thanksgiving but um, sure that wasn't stomach prep <laughs> <laughs> but what, what that does though the fast it, it, it purifies your body naturally mm-hmm.
so you know you can't stuff your body with food to get rid of those damages. Mm -hmm. But then I just started eating the proper foods and started feeling much better, more energy, not sluggish. I don't remember the last time I had the itis. I don't remember the last time I ate something and it made me feel like ugh or like a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. Unless it was some bad batch of beans or something. <laughs> 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 you know, stomach starting over there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, nah, man, it's, it's been good, man. I love it. I'll never go back to mm. eating eating anything uh, anything dead. Yeah, I supported a coworker like a couple of years ago, <laughs> and like I did like the first three days of Ramadan with her, and I quit. Like I'm not lie, I had a fucking headache. Like, I couldn't even function. We were at work, and I was just like, "Yo, how you survive?" I mean, I, obviously, she like was raised, born and raised that way, so it was she was used to it. And I literally couldn't function, like, could not function. I had the worst headaches. Like, I was, like, just zombie Dying. around the office. <laughs> like, <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I tried it, though. I lost, like, a good two pounds that <laughs> within those three days, no, though. you lose mad weight. Yeah. When I went to, when I stopped eating meat, I lost, like, them that 20 pounds mm. in yeah. one Damn. In one month, bro. 20 yeah. pounds. And you exercise, too, right? Yeah, and I exercise. But this, this was the time I wasn't exercising at all. Oh, wow. Eating, like, I used to have a steak, like, when I would do, like, a long-ass session of tattooing, I would go to the L house or, you know, whatever steak bar, and I just order a big steak and some uh, some loaded baked potato. Damn, that sounds then, delicious. You know, the bacon <laughs> and the, the cheese and everything. Don't think about it, man. We don't, we don't want you to go yeah, we'll that. But then I'll top it off with a side salad so I can feel a little bit better for yeah. what I just did. <laughs> and then I'll have, like, a little drink, like a, you know, some type of fruity chick drink. A margarita. Yeah, like a margarita <laughs> or something, and that will be my uh, celebration for, mm -hmm. you know, completing this long session of tattooing. But, you know, I stopped doing that stuff. And now you just have mad fruit. Yeah, mad fruit. <laughs> yeah. Mad smoothies, mad juices. I deserve an apple. <laughs> yeah, 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 for real. <laughs> it's great time. <laughs> No, that is actually when I left that day. I was I had such an adrenaline rush. Like you know when you feel like you just did something, your body feels cold, but then you're hot at the same time. And I was shaking, and I was like, "Damn, I want him to finish." Like he could do a little bit more, and my body's just like, "Nah, nigga." <laughs> See that? Ryan loved the needles. <laughs> nah, chill. <laughs> I was shaking this shit. Chill. Nah, it, it was cold. I was cold, and then like yo, the cold the turkey. Body part gets <laughs> Nah, see? <laughs> well, this week. Nah, <laughs> nah, but yeah, it got swollen, and I was just like, I do want to go back, but this shit hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts, take a break. It hurts. It definitely hurts. But what's, no, what's next? I know you got the, uh, you still have the shop coming in July? Nah, it's, um, it, it's been set back for some um, reason dealing with the permits and the contractors and stuff like mm -hmm. that, so. The dates now is in August. 
Cool. So in the meantime, um, to fill that little space when I'm doing now is focusing on my clothing line. Mm-hmm. So by the time my shop does open, I have a full array of, uh, like a full line of Clothes. designs and everything already set up in the shop. Oh, that's cool. Um, along with the, the artists that I do have in mind to, to work beside me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main focus is just getting the shop open, getting me in there, getting the clients in there. Um, being a part of the, the downtown district in Orlando, the downtown art district, um, and just working beside other inspiring artists, um, bringing them on board. And even I had an idea, um, it's like a Save the Hood project mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for the hood tattoo artists that didn't have the opportunity to um, learn the the essentials of tattooing, which is number one thing is learning how to draw. Um, given that opportunity, be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe you should, you know, apply the ink this way, apply or you move your machine this way, or watch your machine speed and watch your needle debt, or watch, you know, look at the, the type of material that you're using as far as your machine. Is it cheap? Is it, um, was it an uh, expensive machine where it mm-hmm. does its work? Or was it like an eBay machine where it really doesn't, um, where I can teach them more so how to, or even show them how to deal with with their clients, the difficult ones, the the, the easygoing ones, mm-hmm. and you know the whole array of things. That's one of the, one of my projects that I want to work on. Is mm-hmm. Just going back and that'll be my way of giving back to to the hood. So to a point to where people can feel like they can go to the hood and get dope work from black artists that uh, you know we don't want that created art. We don't want that created thinking. Save the hood project. I'm gonna <laughs> We're gonna have these tattoo parties popping. I'm scared to go to them. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> like, and just imagine being excited to go to it, just like people be excited to go to rap concerts and shit like that. Why we can't be excited to go to the hood to get a tattoo? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's dope. Final words. What's your if you had to leave people with one lasting thought? What would it be? Shout out your social media, all that good <laughs> Art Addictions, um, art underscore addictions with a Z. <laughs> um, Justin Tattoo CO and uh, Art Addictions with a Z dot com. Wait, what was the second one? Um, Just Ink Tattoo CO. Is that all one word? Yeah, all one word. Got you. Just yeah, Ink Tattoo CO. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's my name with a K at the end. Cool. Justin. Uh, you you kind of creative, kind of kind of talented. Shirt is cool. You creative. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> the hate in me. I, you, you did all right. Thing. You it's all right. I'm getting a big head now. It's all right. <laughs> but now nah, we definitely appreciate you coming thank you. through. Yeah, man. thank you. Man. Definitely gonna have to have you on again. When I feel bold enough again, I might stop through for a tattoo. Not yet though. But we definitely appreciate you coming through, man. All right, definitely. Yeah, yeah continued success, man. Exactly. You, man. Much blessings. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. And thank for you. the rest of you listeners, y'all know what it is. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for constantly listening, thank sharing, you. and rating, subscribing, and all the above. We appreciate your love, your support. We couldn't do this without you. Until next week, this is Cooling Out. Stay cool. You cool, I'm cool. You cool, I'm cool. <laughs>
You cool? I'm cool. We coolin' out. You cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. We coolin' out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.